Hi, and welcome to Mind Your P's, the Purposeful Leader's Guide. We believe in all the P's, people, purpose, planet, even pizza and Prosecco. In this episode, we're speaking to Lisa Thompson, who is the founder and CEO of Purpose HR, a consultancy that specializes in providing HR services to startups and high growth businesses. Lisa, it's an absolute pleasure to have you with us today. How are you doing? I'm good, Carolyn. Thank you. And all those peas are right up my street too, so I'm super excited <laughs> today. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Listen, tell us a bit about you, your career journey. What led you to set up Purpose HR? Sure, sure. I'll try and keep it short. Um, I've been running the business for seven years now. Uh, prior to that, I'd always been in-house building and, and growing HR functions and mainly in tech businesses. So I launched the business seven years ago on a basis of do what you know um, and so took the skills I'd had working in-house in HR and thought there's actually a market for this as a, as a product and there's a, there's a lot of opportunity so we set the business up initially um, I did a course I had a chance to do an amazing course and go out to the states and study um, and that was kind of a foundation for my ambition and I guess bigger than I maybe had originally planned as well um, but take that forward we, we've been running as I say seven years now I've got a team of eight um, we're really privileged because we work with some of the most um, fantastic um, you know investor back or founder led early stage growth businesses really exciting sectors technology uh, life sciences a real lot of um, businesses that are themselves quite purpose-driven um, you know, and focused on making a difference and an impact. And we essentially provide an HR function to those businesses. So everything from hiring people, um, managing people, developing people, looking at their, their strategy and their policies and developing their management teams. Brilliant. And, and you know, I've heard that you're, um, you like to challenge inequality in the workplace and you're passionate about supporting organisations to achieve a gender balance and I think you've been shortlisted for two categories in Business Women's Award and Scottish Rising Stars. Congrats on that. Tell us a bit about that and what what what, what you're passionate about there. Um, well I guess I myself I'm, I'm a woman in business. Um, I've faced at times you know assumptions and sometimes you know overcoming people sort of putting you in a box or you know maybe limiting what they think you're capable to achieve or making assumptions based on based on on things that I don't think are, are appropriate or right. I've, I've faced, you know, at times discrimination, if I'm honest. I am um, really passionate about working with our clients to help them build inclusive cultures. And not just because it's the right thing to do, which it is, but also about the fact that that will also um, help them build the best possible teams um, that are diverse and inclusive and, and a lot of the time there's work to do just to let them see things that they maybe didn't even realise they were doing and that might be impacting their um, attractiveness to a more diverse pool of applicants or limiting the way that they can actually bring on and engage and develop the best talent. I mean it's a massive topic isn't it? <laughs> um, yes. I, I'm an ambassador myself for Women's Enterprise Scotland and I'm really proud to do that and I love doing it um, and you know one of the things I took when I, when I joined that program was about can't be what you can't see and um, so you know it's hard to maybe think of yourself as a role model it's not a term I would go around using but actually learning that um, women in business um, that might want to learn from people that are a bit further along on their journey I've benefited from that in lots of ways lots of mentoring so being able to give back and do that is something I'm, I'm really excited to get the chance to do. 
No, it's it's brilliant. I mean, I've like you, I've experienced discrimination in my corporate career, and in fact, I I did a a session for the chambers recently where it was a bit of a warts and all where I kind of told them about my um, my disappointed parents when I used to play hooky at school and uh, and I told them about one of my first jobs where I was interviewed and, and the male candidate said that I wasn't that bright I wouldn't go very far but I had great legs <laughs> and it's like oh my I mean that was a long time ago but you know that stuff's just unacceptable and I always think about my two daughters and how I would want them to be um, treated in the workplace and that's that's really important isn't it and then when I went on to man it, um, run the Dundee International Women's Centre even more so that stuff was heightened for me so I feel like we're, we're kindred spirits in that um, Lisa mm-hmm. and in terms of how you manage your teams what values are most important to you and how have you integrated them into your organisation? Sure well the values that, that, that we kind of live by are empathy, trust and equality um, and I think when, you know the things that I've ways that I've embedded them in our business you know we try to not just talk about it management speak but really live live them every day so you know trust I've hired really smart people you know really um, amazing people some of them are much better than me at lots of skills areas and different things so why would I do that and then bring them in and then you know squash them or mode them to only do things the way I do that I do that I, I don't know everything and you know big part of that has been you know like letting go and stepping back and actually you know letting the clients engage directly with other people and realizing that I can trust them to do that and that's enabled us to grow um, a services or consultancy business if you don't do that you know you're, you're limited by your capacity unless unless you bring in people and you want to do that and then let them thrive and benefit from it um, what was the word to say? Equality, and um, you know, well, I mean, you can challenge me if you like. We're not a very diverse team, unfortunately. Um, we, we're, we're actually a team of all women, um, for, for one thing. Um, so, so are we. Yeah. Oh, okay. So there you go. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, you maybe you can challenge me on that. But what I am excited about is I've been able to um, create, you know, a team. We've got a lot of women that have actually returned um, from from things like maybe care periods or maternity leave, took some time out and then come back to the workplace and they've really thrived joining my business. We um, have multiple different flexible working patterns and, you know, have accommodated around childcare needs and different things, but that's good for business. Like, it's really, you know, it it works because we're, we're upfront about it. We'll explain to clients what availability people have and, you know, I, I don't work I run my own business, so it's different. But sometimes I work all hours of the night and things, but that's because it suits me. Um, but I also take time out through the working week, through the day, around childcare and things like that. And over the pandemic, I've had to. Um, I could talk about this all day, sorry. But no, it's- no, it's great. It's, you know, it's, it's a people-first approach, isn't it? And I think that's what's critical, is that everyone now, I think we're in this, that work-life balance phrase is just out the window and it's your, you've got one life, don't you? And you fit all these exactly. amazing things in, your family, your people, you know, your friends, your work. Um, yeah. So it's making it, it's making it work for everyone. I think that's really important. And Lisa, I noticed that you've got the personal pro, pronouns she, her on your LinkedIn name. Can you just explain a bit about that and where this has come from? And, um, you know, I suppose uh, just help us understand a bit about that why why that might um, involve an inclusive culture approach? 
Sure, sure. So it's actually, it's really interesting because probably about a year or so ago, um, I had noticed this a lot on Twitter and I had actually educated myself and I had looked at people's profiles and, and they had their, their preferred pronouns on their Twitter handle and I thought, what is this? So I read up on it and I'd updated at the time my own Twitter, but I hadn't updated it on any other social media channels. Um, and it's only more recently that I've updated it on my, my LinkedIn network as well. And I, I don't know where it is. It's, it's an odd thing that somebody mentioned to me and that I realised I needed to, to be more consistent. The background to it is around um, normalising the use of your preferred gender pronouns so that, um, um, you know, so that it's something that people normalise and that you can show that you're inclusive and that you're welcoming. Um, you know, and, and if you can do that and be upfront in it, it becomes something that's not... Um, specific to people that are transgender for example and um, it just normalizes that. I didn't didn't know that at all so that's really helpful and um, you're right it's about actually digging a bit deeper and understanding a bit more about it you know so um, no that's that's really helpful and um, how how sort of just you know I suppose thinking about that topic of equity for women in the workplace do you think the pandemic's caused a wider gap? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's there's been lots of studies um, that have shown that women have been particularly adversely affected um, by you know by the pandemic. Childcare being one issue. Um, also, if you look at the sectors that that are, are women owned and led in particular, or women are, are higher higher employed, um, you know things like the beauty um, industry or services industry, hospitality, um, it's had a massive impact. Um, and with you know. You shouldn't you shouldn't make generalizations, but in, in a large majority of cases, childcare impact have, have hit women harder. Um, a lot of women, some some employers haven't, you know, they, they've had the option to furlough um carers, men and women, um, for childcare purposes, but many employers have declined to do so as well, which has led for some really difficult choices. Mm. Um so yeah, it's had a massive impact. And I think things like actually the gender pay gap reporting, um, that was paused because of the pandemic but all these things are going to have a knock-on effect for for a long time to come yeah absolutely I think so too and I think just um, I was speaking to some colleagues yesterday who were saying that actually when we all go back to the workplace in what seems to be June end of June um, if that happens it'll most likely be women that stay at home and and the males will go back to that workplace so again that gap's widening isn't it it's um it's a it's an interesting topic that we should maybe um have a glass of wine and discuss uh, uh, wider, uh, Lisa. But so listen, you know, I know that you're passionate about purpose-led organisations. The name of your business is Purpose HR. Yeah. Um, and you deal with a lot of high growth startups. So what's what's your thoughts about creating a purpose and people first organisation? What practical steps can those startups do? Um, well, I think I would always almost go back and start with, with the why as well um, and, and just realizing that for an employer as an employer it's a massive differentiator in terms of attracting people retaining people it's not just about doing the right thing for the reasons of right thing there, there are a whole range of other benefits too for businesses and um, there's probably still an education piece around that that you know and um, more employers could look at um, but the, the, as you say the practical steps for how to do that um, is communication first all of this you know if you if your people can really understand the impact um, that you're trying to achieve if everyone's behind that and on board then that's going to be a massive differentiator in terms of achieving 
tables that you have um, and then building that into your structures um, right through you know to be recruit against people that share these values so get your values um, not just your purpose but your values get get those articulated um you know don't just write them on a wall but you know actively talk about them and then look at things like your um recruitment strategy and your, your culture aspects of your hiring process not just looking at um the skills that we want people to bring or the experience that they maybe want to have but actually thinking first are they aligned with our values are we clear about articulating those sharing those and checking with people is this an environment where they will thrive um, you know, it's really, it's really, really important. Embedding that into things like your your reward structures, your um, right through things like I could get really technical, but going into even like your policies. And if you write those with a purpose and values approach first, you know, um, you asked me earlier about my my values in our business, and one of the the last one that I didn't get a chance to go into was um, empathy. But if you think about that in terms of like some some businesses um, on HR support function, it's seen as maybe like the rule book or the um you know the um the HR police or the compliance focus. Actually, if you're dealing with people, empathy is absolutely key, and um, because it's treating people like people, understanding where they're coming from. And and listen, you you were awarded a place. You touched on it earlier, the entrepreneurship program at Babson College in Boston. Um, yeah, I actually did a conscious leadership um course and, and still on it actually from entrepreneurial scotland oh, uh, which are, through yeah. babson yeah which i'm loving i didn't get to go to boston because of the pandemic unfortunately but uh, but what were some of the takeaways that you had from that time and you know that other business leaders can can learn from and i suppose just thinking about that people in purpose um approach yeah well I guess I mean if, if going back to, to that time and why I wanted to do that program I had always been you know in HR and businesses and I had my, my lens of um, you know my discipline and the skills that I knew but I really felt well from two, two aspects from an empathy perspective to really understand founders I really wanted to get to the grips of the much wider aspects of business and be a really commercial partner and understand so functions like marketing and sales and finance and product you know and, and really embed my learning there so going to the states and doing that program it got me a chance to get out of the function I'd been in and go out and you know work for businesses we did placements we went out and saw businesses we met all these leaders and really got to understand from them the inside out how these businesses are built and grow and um, the teaching team out there at Babson are incredible because they're all entrepreneurs that have built and exited multiple businesses and um, so they really know their stuff it was fantastic um, and what so you know if there's you know, if, if someone is running an organization, maybe they're not a startup, so they've been going for a long time and they come to you and it's clear that they don't have that why sorted out yet and, and it's not ingrained within in the business. What what sorts of things can they do to start that process? Um, one of them might be go and talk to, you know, talk to your talk to your customers, talk to your your um, your users, talk to your market and understand you know, not just what what do you do or what do you build or why is it great. What impact do you make? How do you, how do you help people? Um, most businesses solve a problem. So what problem do you solve? You know, if you can take that and then you can articulate that into your vision and you can talk to your people and you talk to your team about that, then actually I think in any sector, all businesses do have a purpose. Um, you don't need to be a charity or a social enterprise, actually. 
more more businesses should, should do more in that space. And you know, corp, um, CSR is really important to me. But it can be can blend profit and purpose. Um, you, you really can, but it's just understanding that why. And then as, as we talked about before, it's talking to your team about that, talking to your people and embedding it through everything that you do. Absolutely. And and who does this really well? Have you got some examples of some businesses or organizations that do this stuff really well? And, and what do they do and why, you know, why is that important? Um, well, one that I would start with, um, and it's something that I've had, had a chance to, to get to know is um, Hey Girls. Yeah, um, we've interviewed um, Celia actually. Have you? Oh, okay. Yeah, she's so um, she, she's just wonderful, and I mean, you can tell anytime that you engage with somebody from her business and her team, the passion that they have, um, you know, and 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 it's not just her; it's that whole team, um, and and they share that energy, and you know, I think they they've got they've, they've built so much so so quickly, and and I think that's can be attributed to the approach and just really values there from the outset yeah it's, yeah Celia's amazing isn't she and and it, you're right there's there's something going on with that culture isn't there where they all have shared values and they all have shared energy and and they yeah. you're, they're they're doing some great stuff um yeah around and that, poverty another one I would mention then it's totally different a completely different sector everything different um there's business um out in Boston called HubSpot um, you know, they do the marketing and the CRM. But they're they're really interesting because their technical founder, he built the um what he calls the culture code. Um he's he's a technical person and he wanted in the way that he writes code and you know documents and things, he wanted to do that around the culture. We're growing really, really fast. What makes us great? What makes us unique? And how can I like lay that down and, and almost use it as a formula to build on. Like, I love that approach, really. I just thought yeah. it was really cool. And they did that early on. And then every, like, year on year, they update that and they publish it. They have a deck that they share. Um, and, and you can, again, you get a real sense of, like, things like trust. They talked about, like, we don't have an expenses policy. You know, we give people a budget and we trust them. And then we, we deal with the exceptions. We don't clamp down on people, you know, because of like one exception like I think that kind of thing is really great that's just bringing it to life rather than just talking the talk I love that culture code I've never heard of that we'll need to look up look that up and uh, and pop it in the resources and resources yeah. so you know you you've given you've given talks Lisa on how businesses can better handle redundancies and and and, and am I right in saying you've been through that process yourself that's um, right yeah what yeah. advice can you give leaders on how to support their staff because we you know we're in this horrible sort of coming out of lockdown situation and we know there's going to be lots of businesses and lots of people affected by it but that there must be a a right and a wrong way to do this that's people focused what what would you suggest I mean I think you have to make sure that you're compliant and you have to follow a process but it's treating people as humans whilst you do that it's explaining the stages and what you have to do it's making sure that you don't get so anxious about following the process not ending up to you know that you talk to people like robots and you can't actually engage with them human to human um so you know simple steps like when when you're in a meeting you know just taking the time to listen sometimes you know people are frustrated or angry you know, really, really just let, sometimes let them vent and talk it through and, you know, making sure that people understand that these are not decisions that are taken through any fault of theirs. 
these are not you know things that are done because they failed often it's it's much bigger it's out with control it's financial or it's the pandemic or other factors that have come in but you still have to take that and think well not just what's the impact of my business what's the impact of this person and you know their their job and their, their livelihood you know and really just taking that empathy value that I talked about and bringing it to life in the discussions that you have I've said they had to be involved in, in multiple businesses that have made downsizing and, and redundancy to restructures and the difference that the human aspect in terms of the person that sits in the meeting and talks and genuinely consults, not just the policy says we have to consult, Lisa, so here's your consultation, should we tick that box and move on? There's a world of difference there, you know, and you never know, sometimes you can consult and alternatives can be identified and people can see or, or thrive in a different role. So really you know, bring that to life and, and do that properly. The other parts of placement, um, if you can, you know, putting in place some sort of mechanism to support people on their onwards journey. Um, you know, if that's creating some CV coaching, if it's introducing them to people in your network, whatever you can do, people appreciate that and, and they value it. Um, yeah. The last thing I'd say is just Scotland, Scotland or you know, certain industries, it's a small place. And people, you know, will pop up again in different ways. I've always focused on like treat people well, and um, you know, and think how you'd want them to remember their exit from the business. Yeah, to talk about you. Yeah, we talk a lot about B to B and B to C, and actually, it's just human to human, isn't it? It's just okay. absolutely treating people the way that you would want. And and actually, one of the conscious leadership. Um, sessions we did and one of the examples was treat every employee like your precious child and how you'd want them to be treated in the workplace and I think that just puts a real different perspective on it doesn't it Um, so you you talk there about policies and tick boxes Um, we've spoken to some amazing leaders who have um, admitted that they're going to dust off their CSR policy now that's been uh, that's been left in the drawer for a few years and they feel that now is the time to really bring it to the fore what's your thoughts on 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 that and CR policies and 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 what businesses can be doing um well I think I think talk to your employees first and see what what would interest them and, and you know don't don't do things for the sake of it and um, don't nobody wants to be one of those companies that look amazing from the outside and shiny and see all the right things and sponsor events and then you, you go and join a join the business and get a job there and then you find out that on the inside that's not um that's not the case at all um and it's lip service um so i suppose first you know i would say speak to your employees, find out what people are interested in value and then design something around around that because then people will engage in it. Absolutely. And you you recently joined us at, at Social Good Connect, which we're really excited about. So tell yeah. us a bit about why. Why 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 now? Why do you think it's important? Um, well I think I mean I wanted to do I wanted to do something. I've been focusing on a number of things for our team. Um, so we're reviewing all of our things like our benefits package and our structure because we, even though we're, we're a small team, we're, we're eight people, we're not, it's not just me anymore, it's not a startup and I'm, I'm, I'm into building more structure and more offerings and when I um, learned about Social Good Connect, it was through actually I think the FutureX um, programme um, and I looked at it and I thought this is amazing, I wonder if a company our size could actually get access and I was delighted when I saw you know that you're flexible and can work with all different sizes and ranges of employers and I'd said I would actually always had a policy that I mean 
when I set the company up, I'd always said, you know, want to give people the opportunity to do things like volunteering, but actually for people to go out, investigate that, find something, go through all the steps of maybe disclosure, you know, all the admin or the, or the sort of barriers that come up, in practice, it's harder for people to do. I do, I do various things myself, but it was never really something as a business. And this just seems like a brilliant way to actually enable people to do it and um, give them a platform in a way that they could find opportunities quickly, effortlessly, you know, and, and really exciting things that we might not have had on our radar. Brilliant. Well, we're, we're, we're delighted to have you in the team, Lisa, um, and look forward to, to working with you. And so just, just finally, what's the sort of best and worst advice you think you've ever been given? Um, well, the, the, worst, <laughs> the worst advice probably was um, quite early on when I was thinking about starting out. And um, I, I, I'd had an idea for the name for my business and I remember somebody saying to me that um that's a stupid name <laughs> that's fine I didn't listen to that but they said don't call it that um, it'll only ever be you that people will buy so just call it Lisa Thompson HR um because that's what it is really um and I, and I just don't like that advice because I always had plans to grow it um and if I'd called it Lisa Thompson HR how could I ever build a brand how could and you know how could it, it's not very exciting for my team. <laughs> so I don't know if that's the kind of thing. <laughs> no, I love it. Because, you know, it's like, you know, no one can tell you what your name should be. It's, um, and of course, Purpose HR is brilliant to us because that's what it's all about. It's all about purpose. I I'll let you into a little secret. Our our name is Social Good Match for a while and, and we kind of were likened to match.com for, for volunteering. And so I did some research all in the interests of uh, business, Lisa, and uh, signed up to Match.com and never got asked an, out on a date. <laughs> well, some people with bad taste on there then. <laughs> just, you know, just to see how that connection piece worked and how the matching yeah. piece worked. And because obviously that's, that's kind of what it's all about. So that was the worst piece of advice. What about the best? Well, I only wanted to say one last thing about that worst piece of advice, if it's okay. But that yeah. was actually indicative of the fact that that was somebody limiting my ambition for me and seeing that it would only ever be and there's nothing wrong with that for people that do choose to have a you know a consultancy business that's just themselves you know that if that's their goal but I had a goal to build something big but it was almost putting me in a box to say it'll just only ever be you so sorry <laughs> to get that no that's great um, one of the best pieces of advice I got um was around um I'm trying to think how to, how to explain this but sometimes um, people were, will underestimate you and actually just don't don't take that to heart don't let it knock you down keep smiling carry on anyway and sometimes you know what you can you can go under their radar and fly away past them and then it says more about them than about you so that, I don't know if I've articulated that very well, but I used to get really knocked down if I thought that somebody had, you know, underestimated me or, or, or not valued me. And actually, it's not about you, it's, it's the limited factors that they put around themselves. I love that. That's great, Lisa. And, uh, and a great way to end, I think, on, um, you know, there's something in that, isn't there, about self-belief and and language that you use with others and not not limiting that at all and I, I really love what you said at the in the beginning about your team and trusting them and that 
you know, how great is it to admit? In fact, I did this yesterday with, with some of our team and said, I don't have all the answers, you know. <laughs> we, and But together, you know, we, we're going to come up with some great, great ways to, to achieve yeah. this and deliver this. So I really Definitely. like that too. Lisa, it's been an absolute pleasure. Just just before we finish, just tell me about your LinkedIn group because um, it might be useful for people to know. Tell us a bit about what that is, who it's for and what your plans are for it. Awesome. Um, well, I, I've only, it's only been going maybe a couple of weeks or so. Um, we've got now about maybe 160 odd people in it. Um, it's called Purpose Driven Leaders. Um, and initially I'd set it up with a view for it being um, kind of clients or people people in our network and um, people that are maybe building a team or thinking about growing their teams and would benefit from that peer-to-peer support of maybe like-minded people. Um, so that was really the, 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 um, the thought behind it. I have to admit, it's harder work than I thought to have a LinkedIn group and trying to get people engaged in the chat. So it's taken up quite a lot of time, but I enjoy, uh, I do like my social media. Um, I think anyone that's connected with my LinkedIn probably noticed that. So um, yeah, it's just about sharing ideas and, and learning from each other. Yeah, keep keep going with it because it's a... Uh... You know, it's, it's great just to see all these all these um, communities popping up that that of like minded people. Sometimes I think, Lisa, it's just a time thing, isn't it? It's just you know, because yeah. sometimes I see your posts and sometimes I don't when I'm in LinkedIn and I've, I miss some. So yeah. um, it must be I don't know if it's the algorithm or whatever. It's stuff that's way way too complicated for me to understand. But <laughs> but no, it's a it's a great it's a great source and I, and I really wish you every success with that. And, and thanks oh, thank for everything you. that you're doing in that space, Lisa. It's been a pleasure to to speak to you. Yeah, I've really enjoyed meeting you. Thank you so much, Kayla. Thanks i